With Tiyata Dishmaya, let's continue with our lessons with Hashem's help. Rivono Shalom can help us achieve true devakas to our Creator, to our God, and to give us a desire to have more and more uh, desire to be close to God. And so, now let's continue with our lessons. And so now, um, in the previous lessons, we started to offer and go over some practical advice, and I hope that everyone here uh, that's listening, you amazing, amazing diamonds of students have, have actually started to really do what we're saying that you should do, because this is how we're going to get to where you want to get to. Um, so I hope that we've been practicing and we've been doing it exactly, you know, and hopefully you've seen, you've, you've, you've seen progress. And so we also said that you have to toil, because you have to to attain essential awareness of your Creator. So each one of us has to devote time for contemplation daily. And when your mind is free of other thoughts, and then throughout the day, you have to continue to remind yourself of the concept every time, time after time, until it's literally part of you. And this is what we spoke about. So now let's elaborate. As mentioned, in order to properly build anything in the soul, there has to be a firm foundation. How do we create the foundation of awareness of the Creator? Everyone already knows that there's a Creator. So how do we develop this knowledge so that it will become fixed and integrated in the mind and the heart? So now let's provide some examples. You may be sitting at a bus stop on the way back to work and you're waiting for the bus to arrive. So now you have a few free minutes to contemplate. And you might look around and see a tree. So focus your attention on the tree and ask yourself, was this tree always there? And you're going to answer no. So there was a time when this place was not yet settled and there were only mountains and rocks here. So at some point people came and built houses on it and planted trees. In other words, this tree is not an eternal thing without a beginning. There was a time when it did not exist, but now it exists. So... Where was the tree before it was planted here? And the answer is that it was not actually a tree, but there was another tree. And someone took a seed or a branch from it to plant this one. But one thing is clear that this tree was not here, and now it's here. And this is the first step. So another thing that should be clear is that when the tree was planted here, it wasn't created out of nothing. It's a product of another existent. That is to say, another tree. So now stop and ask yourself. Throughout the generations, one tree produced another, and that one, and another, and so on. From where did the first tree come? And so, of course, we know the answer, but to live with the idea, we have to advance gradually, like a newborn baby. Like a newborn baby. And so, therefore, you have to stop and contemplate the origin of the first tree. So open up the portion of the sheet and study the account of creation. You're going to find there. And Hashem said, let the earth give forth vegetation, seed bearing, plants and fruit, trees that produce their own kinds of fruits with seeds that shall be on the earth. And then say to yourself, one thing is clear to me, this tree is a creation. It came from another tree, which itself came from another tree. And the first tree in the world was the original tree created by Hashem himself. So just as this tree could not be here 
without someone bringing it and planting it, so too the first tree could not have arrived on its own. It had to be created. And of necessity, there's a creator. An impatient person is going to find this process very difficult because <laughs> people want to rush. We want to like work, but we want to do it like now. It has to be like rush. It, you know, it's like time. It's like something that we like. We feel like we don't have. We we have it for other things. We do have it for other things, but we don't have it for this. And we have to look and we have to work with this idea again and again and again for weeks and perhaps longer. Every one of us, according to our nature and level, you have to contemplate each thing that you see. And so, of course, it's not going to be your activity all day. Okay, because uh, women, as women, we have to be involved in activities that are most, most natural for us. And men should be involved in either working or, 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 and, and learning Torah. But nevertheless, in free moments throughout the day, everyone should contemplate these ideas, each according to our level. So another example, you could sit in your house and think, was this house always here? Certainly, certainly not. So who built it? People. Creations of God built it. And from where did they get the material to build it? How did they make the bricks? Did a building ever rise up by itself? So just as a building needs people to build it, so did the original material need to be created. Who made the original material? And there has to be a master of the world who created the world. If not, how could these things come into being? Certainly not on their own. So in every detail of life, if you ponder well, you're going to arrive at the conclusion that there is a creator. And we already mentioned only two examples, but to internalize this emuna, to internalize this emuna, you must extend this methods to other areas. And it's not a simple task. You have to think such thoughts literally thousands of times, and the goal will not be achieved today or tomorrow, but you must work again and again in a patient Patient, careful, calm, and clear manner, knowing that this is how to speak to the heart. This is how to speak to the heart. It's so simple, but it's the hardest thing for us to have to do. Look at that. It's so simple, but it's the hardest thing for us to have to do. And this is the way to implant the true principle that there must be a creator, and it requires a lot of patience. So when a father sits and teaches his son the letters of the Aleph Bet, he could sit with him for half an hour or an hour and repeat the letters again and again and again with endless patience until his beloved son catches on. And so although the father's own intellectual level is far above that, he would not have any patience to sit and read letters on his own. He does have the patience to teach his son. Why? Because he knows that his son is young and he needs to be taught on a level appropriate for him. So a father is capable of teaching his son the simple facts, things that are obvious to him. His son might ask all kinds of questions. And the father yet has the patience to explain things slowly. He knows that if he doesn't give careful explanations, his son's never going to clearly understand the material. And so therefore he tries to explain everything clearly from the beginning and proceed one step at a time. And we have to understand that your heart understands in precisely the same manner are you listening? We're all comprised of two parts, which are presently as far from each other as far as east is from west. The intellect is in one world, and the heart is in a world of its own. And once you appreciate the degree of disparity between them, you're going to grasp how important it is to explain to the heart the fundamental concept it needs to understand and only the only language it understands. 
We're familiar with the words of Azal concerning the incredibly high level of children's teachers. And those who lead the many to righteousness will shine as the stars forever. Now, this refers to the teachers of children. So teaching the heart is no less valuable than teaching a child. And of that too, it may be said. And those who lead the many to righteousness will shine as the stars forever. And this is divine service. Perhaps the primary divine service in which you take this wisdom of understanding and you see to it that it's going to lead you to da'as, the knowledge of the heart. If you do not work in this manner, it's like a man who tries to teach Zohar Kadosh to his four-year-old son. Why not? He asked. He can already speak properly. I'll, I'll read him every word slowly and he'll repeat after me. Any stable person can see that there wouldn't be any connection between the words said by the little boy and this level of understanding of them. He would merely just repeat the, the words like a parrot does. But he wouldn't have the most minimal understanding of the concepts. And his grasp of concepts is very shallow. So once you realize that your heart understands at the level of a small child, you're going to discover a new world to be studied. When you were a child... Your parents and teachers taught you step by step until you reached your current intellectual level. And now you have a new task. Now you have a new task. You have within, so to speak, a new child to teach. And namely, it's your heart. And you have to begin to teach it as one teaches a small child. In other words, you have to begin by teaching yourself in the same manner you were taught when you were young and uneducated. And certainly, uh, our main task is to hear, to, 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 to learn, and, and, and to learn our Torah. But together with this, you have to cause the simplest and most basic truth to penetrate into your heart. Namely, that there is a creator to the world. And this example is going to help you. Here's an example. Uh, uh, a man has a small child, and he wants to teach him the fundamentals of faith. So when the boy turns three, the father calls him into his room and says to him, I have an important information to tell you. Something you must remember your entire life. What is it? Asked the boy. You must know that there's a creator and he created everything. And this is the important information I want to pass on to you. But I will not mention it again. This is the only time you must know that there's a creator and don't forget it. So now the three-year-old boy can't grasp lofty ideas. And this level of discernment is extremely low. So naturally, after a day or two, and certainly after a month or two, if the father doesn't mention it again, that there's a creator, the son will almost certainly forget it. In fact, it's almost certain that he will become a total heretic. So the father might come and cry bitterly, I told my son that there's a creator and I warned him that I would not be repeating it. And obviously this is nonsense because a child does not have the capacity to appreciate the severity of the father's warning. So if one wants to work, you want to work with your son properly, there's many opportunities to do so. When, when you walk on the streets and it's raining, you ask your son, who makes the rain come down? So you're, you're, the, the boy will answer, I don't know. Could you tell me? So then, then you should say, it's the master of the world who causes it to fall. He can even add, Hashem is so good to us, He gives us rain so that all the plants will grow. And in this way, you should teach this principle time and time again until the emunah that's embodied in it, it's instilled in the child's soul. And so don't take it for granted. Do not. 
Take it for granted that your child is going to grow up and learn this important lesson, whether on his own or from his teachers. It's, if it's not implanted when he's young, if a child does not breathe in emuna in the atmosphere of his home and learn to live it, even if he knows the information, it will remain far from him and his faith will be weak. And so it's true with the education of a child and is equally even more so when educating our own hearts. And so together with advanced Torah, it's the, the learning of the Torah, it's deep, deep analysis, let's say, into our halachas and, and learning, everything that we need to learn about a Torah as well as the study of halacha. And you have to take the simple fact of the existence of the Creator and instill it in your heart. And so just as you realize that you cannot start by teaching, by teaching, let's say, your son deeper points like divine providence, but you have to slowly and patiently teach the simple concept of Hashem's existence again and again. So it's with your own heart. If you immediately rush to lock the ideas, you will essentially be escaping from heart to mind. And this is a major, major error because the mind grasps and knows in its way far more than the heart can internalize. So if one jumps from a simple point to a deeper one before he has worked on the first one for weeks, even months and thought about the existence of the creator thousands of times, he jumps from the heart to the intellect. And from then on, he has nothing but a castle built in the air. In order for a concept to be absorbed in the soul, not just the mind, you have to repeat it again and again and again. From a well-known story of Rabbi Akiva, we learn how to make a truth penetrate into the heart. When at the age of 40, he had just about given up on any chances of really learning Torah. He came to a well and saw that water had worn a hole in a stone over a long period of time. He said, if water which is soft can bore a hole in a stone which is hard, surely words of Torah which are hard as iron can bore a hole in any heart which is flesh and blood. And Rabbi Akiva saw that the water had bore a hole in a rock one drop at a time over a period of many years. You do not bore a hole in a rock by aiming a strong stream of water from a fire hose. It can only happen over time, drop by drop. For our purposes, this represents a simple knowledge that there is a creator. And with that, you can break through your heart of stone. And we have to take these ideas and live with them, even if you'll end, if you'll need to repeat this fact to yourself for half a year or a year. But you truly work with it and acquire it. Bezat Hashem, you're going to be happy and fortunate. And we have to again emphasize, again and again, the primary obstacle in our Urboda is the haste in which we attempt to advance. When a person is truly in touch with his heart, he will relate to it properly and teach it patiently over and over and over again, even 400 times. Rav Preda taught his student in this way, he will be privileged to acquire a true level. And so now let's examine, let's now discuss more concepts, but we don't expect you to be ready to put them into action yet. So just take what we've already said and apply this first stage to your life. As to the ideas that follow, learn them in order to get the bigger picture of the proper way to live. But it can take years. It could take years until everything can be put in action. So once you've attained inner clarity concerning the existence of the Creator, and you think of Him at least each half an hour, you can continue onward. So, if you want to ascertain if you've truly internalized a concept or if it's remained mere words which cannot penetrate into the depth of the soul, then there's a reliable touchstone. 
As human beings, there are two forces that cause us to remember something. First, there's an external force, which itself has two aspects, a completely external force, such as an alarm clock, and a less external force, such as a mental habit. And both these forces ultimately are superficial. But there's an, also an inner force that stirs up a demand from within. For example, if you have not eaten for a day or two and you're starving, your feeling of hunger doesn't derive from the fact that you see food and then you start to think about it, nor does it derive from the fact that you ate two days ago and therefore you should presumably eat today. Rather, you're hungry because the body by its nature demands to be fed. So if your intermittent reminders like are like an alarm clock, namely external reminders, you are still in the middle of the stage of avoda. You're working well and must continue, but you haven't yet attained the necessary inner level. So if the reminders are mental habits, meaning that you have accustomed yourself to think these thoughts, they naturally appear like dreams that surface based upon prior thoughts, you have progressed and you're no longer in the totally superficial stage of outer reminders. And now you have a habitual remembrance. However, you have not truly reached the requested inner level, the required inner level. Only once you reach a stage in which the soul of its own accord demands and desires the recollection of the existence of the creator, even if it's for a brief period, then you, must, you have a sign that the emuna you desire is truly present in your soul. And it has indeed acquired this level. And this is certainly a difficult task, because I've said concerning the words of Torah, they are difficult to attain as vessels of gold, but easy to lose as glass vessels. So you have to guard this state carefully so as not to lose it. But it's now exposed in the soul and you can build another structure upon it. And so if you've truly attained this remembrance, if you have, then you'll, you, you will entertain no doubts as to whether the surface or the source of the remembrance is in the mind or the soul. If you are in the middle of this path and you're trying to test yourself to see where you are, then you have to be able to discern whether the thoughts are coming from the mind or if in fact they're flowing from the soul. And this is a very subtle and sensitive test. It's hard to define because we humans have the tendency to fool ourselves. We have to constantly pray to Hashem to be cognizant of the truth. And so let's provide an example of how to check your thoughts, yeah? But this too demands much care. So check yourself at times when you are very calm. At such, at such times, relax your thoughts and give them free reign. In this way, you can discover the yearning of your soul. So this is a task of his own. Generally, one who's always rushing cannot understand this. When free, he finds for himself other activities. We have many responsibilities and many jobs to complete, but most people have no concept yet of setting aside a time, a fixed time for relaxing and seeing what they really want. So when you enter the inner world and you want to attain a munah, you have to invest time. You have to invest time. You have to sit quietly and let your thoughts roam free in the realm of your choice. And then you're going to see whether your thoughts and where they gravitate. Where are they gravitating? If the content is forbidden, God forbid, then you have to stop immediately and realize that your soul is still wrapped in many covers. And if the soul roams in neutral states and areas, then you have to examine them. And this requires extensive work. So you have to always see a vemuna carry significant weight in your consciousness. And if you don't feel an inner pull to contemplate, 
but only a mental pressure to think about it, then you're still guided by the force of the mind, not the knowledge of the soul. And But if the emunah flows from within and you get pleasure from reviewing it again and again and again, ah, you reach the point of truth and you should develop it further. So these last concepts that we discuss are somewhat lofty and, di- di- and difficult to grasp. Their comprehension depends on the delicateness of your soul. But, and then, it's best if you can be checked by another person. So most importantly, you should always pray to Hashem. Always pray to Hashem that your remembrance of Him should not be only from the knowledge of the mind, but Bezat Hashem from the depths of our soul. And Bezat Hashem, take the time that Hashem gave you. Bezat Hashem, and use that time that's given to you by Hashem to use it in exercising yourself and conditioning your soul and your heart to know that there is a creator and to develop that bond and connection with Kadosh Baruch Hu. Because everything that we have, everything that we have, it's only given to us by Hashem. We own nothing. We don't have anything. Nothing at all. Even the fact that we're alive here in this earth is on a chesed of Hashem. So the only thing that Hashem gave, gives us, literally, to play with, is do you have Yirat Shemayim or not? That's it. The time, the children, the husband, the house, the health, the money, the job, the skills, the everything. is all Hashem's. So be wise. Take the time that is Hashem's and use it to serve Him. Use it to do and, and involve yourself in these exercises that we've been discussing. Don't think that you could jump from step to step because then you're not doing anything. You're just wasting the time that Hashem gave you. So use it wisely and yearn and ask Hashem to show you, to help you with love and mercy to get there. But you need to first start by having that quiet time to yourself and create that space that you can sit and you can do what we just said. And these little exercises, even though they're simple, are very hard for us to do because there's a Yetzirah that wants to keep us pushing through. It's like there's an old saying, hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. Where are you going? Nowhere. And so go somewhere. Where are you going to go? Go internally. Go into yourself. Sit down and understand clearly who is running the show, who created everything, and who is your creator, and start to really know that. Do exactly what we said to do. All these lessons, if this is not yet ingrained in your heart, start from the beginning and start one by one. Internalize, internalize, internalize. There is no rush here. There is no rush here, my beautiful students. I tell you, the fact that you decide to do this and the fact that you are listening to these lessons are showing Hashem that you have a desire to get close to Him. But there's a battle every day that you're going to have to fight. And that's the battle of the Yetzir Tov and the, and, 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 and the Yetzir And the Yetzir doesn't want you to sit. It wants you to think you're busy. It wants you to know that you don't have time. It wants to tell you that this is stupid. It wants to tell you that this is ridiculous. It wants to tell you, oh, I thought it was going to be like more intellectual. No, it's not about the intellect. It's about the heart. Shem doesn't need, if you want to be a robot, okay, go, go learn for yourself how to be a robot. Because we, we're doing good so far. No, Hashem wants the heart. And it says, and our prophets say, in the end of times, Hashem is going to replace every heart of stone with a blood, with a heart of flesh. 
You understand? And so the fact that you want to do this now, you're going to have a lot of siyata dishmaya to get there. But you have to make the first move. You have to show the desires, not just alone, that you're listening to these lessons and you're listening to my voice. You have to also put it into practice. You have to do the hishtalut. More than just listening, you have to also do, which means make that time. Fix a time every day for yourself and you could call it. Put it in your calendar. I have a date with my God. And, and set that time every day, whatever time that is. In a quiet, undisturbed place, you shut off your phone. You're not around any technology. You close the door. Your kids are in school. You have that 10 minutes. You have that 5 minutes. That's the time you take. Everything gets shut down. Nothing else matters. It's you and Hashem. Hashem, I hope this is helping. And I hope that we're going to get there. And Because we are. If you have a desire, you will. If you don't have a desire, then you won't. And so, Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen ve Amen.